Hello, I'm Ramona Ali, and you are listening to a bonus edition of Things Unseen, one which, as part of our mental health season, looks a little more closely at how dementia affects people of faith. In our main programme on this subject, did you hear Sheila Robinson, that amazing 74-year-old woman from Crewe who was diagnosed with dementia four years ago but still works as a counsellor, who spoke so movingly about her Quaker faith? And did you wish that you could hear a little more of her? So did we, and that's why we are bringing you a longer version of my interview with Sheila here. Hear more about her faith, her feelings about her dementia, and how she knows that her mother, who's in her 90s and also has dementia, is still the same person inside. I began by asking Sheila how she first noticed that something was wrong. I was having difficulty with spatial awareness. I was finding driving more difficult, or certainly parking more difficult. And finding that I was going to go somewhere that I knew the way to as well as, you know, I knew the way home. And I had to think which way I was going to go. And I've never been very good with numbers. I'm, I'm a words person. But I was finding that I was getting numbers wrong all the time. But it really was driving and spatial awareness that, that was very wrong. It might surprise some people that you're still working as a counsellor. Yes, I'm able to do that. Really because I've been so open about the diagnosis with my clients and with the other counsellors I supervise. So they always know from the beginning what the deal is. And I have a contract with my counsellors and my supervisees that if they're not getting what they wanted, I beg them to tell me because I would hate them to carry on out of any kind of sympathy for me. But it's what I do and it's who I am. And I think, well, no, I'm not going to say that. I know I still do it well. For example, how do you manage to remember what a client told you in a previous session? Most counsellors take notes even before I had Alzheimer's. It was my practice to read the notes before I started a session so that I could remind myself of anything I wanted. And strangely enough, that kind of memory hasn't been affected at all. The idea that everybody loses their memory when they have Alzheimer's isn't the way it necessarily is. You know, my memory is fairly good, strangely enough. It's things. I forget how to use gadgets, and the number of times I've pressed the wrong button on the computer is, is, you know, takes everything a lot longer. Some days I'm fine and I could cook a meal in the old way. Other times I couldn't even remember how to start doing it and getting the things in the right sequences. And I also get lost in sequences. So silly things like some days I can sit and look at a pair of slacks or a pair of tights and think where does it go where do the bits go you know where are the holes so it's things like that 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 I find difficult or looking at the cooker and thinking how do I set the timer the other thing people don't think about until it's happening I've lost all sense of the value of money so I have to be very careful to check whether a thing is really expensive or not But sitting down with a client doesn't seem to be affected. When you received your diagnosis, Sheila, how did that make you feel? I felt as if the world had ended. I know Alzheimer's very well. I was the sole carer for a very dear friend, and I saw it to its its awful end. And although I knew something was wrong, I was kind of praying that it wouldn't be that. So I went home and put my head under the duvet for a couple of hours before I could speak to anyone. How do you feel about it now? believe that I've accepted it completely. It's the way it is. You know, my daughter's response was, Mum, it's not fair, why should it be you? To which my answer was, well, who should we give it to? Accepting it has made a huge difference to me. 
You've been a Quaker for the last 25 years. How important has your faith been since your diagnosis? It's been the most important thing, equally to the love and care of my family. I wrote an article about it almost immediately because it was important to me as a Quaker to be honest and truthful about it and not to try and hide it. Do you feel that dementia has actually developed your relationship with God? It's really hard to say because God has been so important a part of my life since I was a small child. I've become more trusting and, and more accepting since the dementia. I'm really not afraid and I think that has something to do with my faith. So do you feel that God is close to you in your illness? Absolutely. I feel absolutely enveloped by God's love and have done more and more as the illness has gone on. The 23rd Psalm is more and more important to me that as I enter this different valley of darkness, someone, I don't really know who or what God is, I just know that God exists and that person is there. And how important is the support of your Quaker community? Oh, absolutely. In some ways, Quakerism, is, I'm not proselytising in any way now, but the simplicity and the stillness of Quakerism, the idea that we find our strength in silence, is actually very good for dementia. You know, I can go to a meeting and moving into the silence is, is just good for me. And so is the idea that I live my life simply. The more simple life is, the better. So for me, my faith has been perfect for what I'm going through. Very early on, a very dear friend suggested I read a Quaker booklet called On Hallowing One's Diminishments. And that really spoke to me. It was, you know, I can be miserable and I can be independent. Or I can ask for help and have the grace of, of other people's love. And that just made a huge difference to me, that it wasn't just about, you know, asking for help, but it was about asking for help. I enter into a transfer of grace. And also, my Quaker friends are just so open about it. They've taken with great joy to my little granddaughter, who, when she was four, couldn't say Alzheimer's and said fizzy hammers. And so, in our family, we say fizzy hammers. And so do my Quaker friends. There was a bad occasion when I was very tired and went to meeting and was looking around for somebody who, who died some time ago. We were all talking about people who were ill and, and you know, who'd been to see them. And I suddenly said, what about Averill? You know, no one's mentioned Averill. And somebody came and put their arms around me and said, it's Fizzy Hammers is visiting you today. Averill's died, don't you remember? So that ease with it and, and lack of embarrassment has made such a difference to me. Are you ever fearful that you might lose your sense of God being near as your illness progresses? I don't think so. No, I feel that that will, will stay with me. My mother's also got dementia, she's in her 90s now, and although she doesn't know us, she clearly knows who loves her and who doesn't, and so I think that will be the same for me, I hope it will. What would you say to other Quakers and other churches about what people with dementia need? They need to be accepted in the community, they need to be loved, and they need, if they don't do it, to be reminded to keep their prayer life alive, I think and to have people join in with them if necessary. Not everybody can carry on going to church or going to meeting, but I think they still need to be part of a worshipping community, however that can be arranged. 
And how can they best deal with some of the more difficult manifestations of advanced dementia? For example, calling out during a service or, or wandering about? That's something that I'm working with at the moment because I'm part of a group called the Quaker Disability Advisory Committee. And I think that some meetings manage it very well by appointing someone to be a kind of buddy to that person and to calm them or even to take them out if necessary, but to make sure that they're still part of the community. It grieves me when I hear on the, the forum that the Alzheimer's Society had, someone was writing that her father had been asked not to come to church anymore. I pray that that doesn't happen to any Quakers, but it might if people are really difficult, but it can be worked around with enough goodwill. And what about family members? You know, how can they help a person with dementia to feel spiritually fulfilled? My family understand how important my faith is to me, although none of them are Quakers. Well, a couple of the teenage grandchildren are. My children are not Quakers. They've remained as, as Catholics, Anglicans. But they understand how much it means to me, and they would, I know, that would make sure that I could still go to meeting, as would my husband. My husband would know that meeting was really important to me. And they know already that a long time I had a hope of how I want to have a Quaker funeral and all that kind of thing. It's so much part of who I am. Can professional carers also help with uh, that spiritual fulfilment for people suffering from dementia? I think they can. I think that professional carers probably don't do it as much as they might do because we're all body, mind and spirit and it doesn't matter where your spirit finds its home. It would be good if that could be addressed as well. But I don't think that happens very much. And indeed, I know in counselling, you know, there was a time when to talk about people's beliefs in counselling was a definite no-no, but thankfully that's changed now. Spiritually, what do you think the world at large can learn from people with dementia? Possibly that whatever is, is wrong in our lives, whatever the difficult traumas we have to go through, and all of us do, that to come to some kind of peace and acceptance with it is the only way forward. Yes, there are times when we have to be angry, but the sooner we can get through that anger, the better, and come to a point of acceptance and peace, I think. It makes life a lot easier. Would you say that despite your dementia, you are still the same person you always were? Yes, absolutely. And again, the help that I had through Quakers, a very dear friend of mine, her partner had dementia, and one of the things she said to me at the beginning when I talked to her about being fearful of losing my identity, Barbara said, no matter how ill Meg was, she was still Meg. And that was so reassuring from someone who I trusted implicitly that she wasn't just making it easy for me, she was telling me the truth. So because you mentioned your mother, would you feel the same, that she's also the same person? She's 94 now and, and very demented. She can't speak, not to make any sense. But one of the things we'd forgotten, because she was at home alone until she was 90 and she only has daughters, was how much she likes men. And since she went into her care home, where there are lots of handsome young carers, we get poked in the ribs when someone who's particularly handsome comes past and lots of eye-rolling um, when someone she fancies appears. So although a lot of what she says and does doesn't make any sense, Irene, who was the prettiest woman that most people ever knew, is still very much there. <laughs> Wonderful. Spiritually, is there almost a sense of mystery about what's happening to you? Yes. 
one of the things that when I was a carer that moved me, and I can't remember who wrote it, was a quotation about dementia that said we, we do not know on what perfection they inwardly gaze, those who inhabit this strange state of dementia. And I think that sometimes I can understand that that might be so. And do you always feel that positively? Are there ever any times where you feel fear or anger? I've never been angry about it. Sometimes I'm, I'm very afraid. I mean, when things go wrong, when I get on the wrong train, my fear is the really bad part is starting. That's what I can be afraid of. But looking at the whole of it, no, I'm not afraid. I'm certainly not afraid of dying. My biggest fear is, is the pain it's going to cause my family because I've been there and, and I know it. But when I'm afraid, God's there. When my family are crying tears for me, God is crying tears with them. Sheila Robinson. You've been listening to a bonus edition of Things Unseen, the programme for people of faith and those who just feel that there's more to life than the material world. I'm Ramona Ali, and this edition of Things Unseen was brought to you by CTVC. And you can hear this programme again and find other editions of Things Unseen at www.thingsunseen.co.uk.